Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 3 of Four Seasons and a Funeral. My name is David, and joining us, as always, are Nick and Charlie. This is the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and a terribly echoey audio file of a fifth season. Uh, today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 3 of Fringe, The Recordist. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm, Hi, I'm the echoey I'm... fucker. I'm Charlie. I'm not the echoey fucker. <laughs> Hopefully. For this week. For Hopefully. this week, Charlie. <laughs> Hopefully that is required for our audience and that future David goes through and tries to unecho Nick's audio. But he's a real lazy bastard, that future David, so. <laughs> that real son of a bitch, future David. <laughs> this audio might just still be cursed. His dickhead, future David's dickishness is only surpassed by past David and present David. <laughs> no, Damn. present David is perfect. Past David <laughs> is a lazy asshole, and future David is a lazier asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but surely present David outranks him because he's making those decisions. Nah, blame past nah, David. Can't be. Can't be that. Also, those yeah, are all pod- decisions pod- past David made. <laughs> ah, yes, of course. Apologies in advance, audience. Uh, if I am, if da- if uh, future David does not do an audio fix, um, yeah, no, I, I I moved my desk again, um, and now I'm in an echoey spot. Ooh, hopefully it'll be Ooh. less echoey next time. Well, yeah, it's because uh, your roommate moved out to make room yep. for your girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> I, I kicked that him out. Such... I was like, get get out of here. Um, get out. <laughs> Grabbed his stuff, <laughs> threw it in a car, drove it to a different city, and was just dumped him out. He was like, get yep. out of here. Hey, yep. You were like, all right, let me get my brother to also bring some of his stuff. I want to do this in as few trips as possible of throwing you out of this house, so we're going to do it in two. <laughs> uh, in case you're wondering, uh, all of his stuff fits in exactly two loads of a Subaru Forester and one load of a Mazda 3 hatchback. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Fancy. And I would not want to do it in less space, less volume than those three things. Uh, Man, shame that I only have like a Mini Cooper for when shame yeah, you got only, me move. Shame I only have a sedan. <laughs> I don't know, David. You moved all your stuff in that. Yeah, but that's because I had way less shit. <laughs> yeah, I was explaining that to him, and I explained that you were able to do that all in one go, and he was like, I call so many shenanigans. He, there, there's <laughs> no way that David has a real desk. And I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> hey, whoa. <laughs> he left his real desk at my old apartment. That wasn't even my ah. desk. <laughs> I didn't want it. The person who owned it tried to sell it to me for $500, and I said, come get it. <laughs> He didn't. Fair enough. And then you took that mattress and ran. <laughs> that was a good mattress, to be fair. <laughs> also fair. Um, but yeah, uh, what have everyone up to since I, last I, record? I, Man, I, I my move... brain turned off. I don't know what happened. <laughs> All right, David, I'll keep that energy up. I move, I move one roommate out. I, I gain other roommate. Um, okay. Hooray. Uh, um... I, I clean, I pack, I transfer utilities into my name. And you feel sad about your sports ball team. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm doing the sensible oh. thing and placing all of my hopes and dreams in the sports world on the shoulder 
of the Toronto Maple Leafs, which has never ever gone wrong once. Can't hurt you. The the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they will never hurt you. <laughs> never ever ever. Did you see that stat um, from uh, ESPN or Sportsnet or something? That's like most wins for past three years without a Super Bowl appearance or something. Oh no! Is it the Packers at the top? Yeah, Packers and Saints <laughs> leading yeah, that list. That sounds about right. <laughs> Oof. Uh, also, I'm really not pleased. I, I just went and checked some of the sports scores, and Tom Brady looks like he's doing Tom Brady things again, and I don't like it. <sighs> Shocking! Tom Brady is actually that good still. Crazy. Never would have guessed. I wait for the day where all the Boston sports teams are like shit at the same time. Because, <laughs> like, Red Sox are still good. Patriots are on the up and up. Celtics suck, but, like, I need everyone. To, I need that. I need that entire state. I need, what is it, Massachusetts? Right? Yep. No, that one. Fringe is located there. Yeah. Uh, I need it is. to sink into the ocean and die. <laughs> mm. But Fair also, enough. Brady's not with the Patriots. No, I know, yeah. but just bringing up Brady's continued success. Right, yeah, yeah, but like Brady is at a different team right now, and he's still doing well. Like, oh, who would have thought he is a Hall of Famer? Uh, oh boy, listen, down by listen, seven, Charlie, two minute drill. How is that going to turn out? Listen, Charlie, you're you're really hoping right now that he scores like really soon, and then uh, the Rams are able to make their way down and win on a last second field goal. <laughs> Please, no more, no more of those. Audience, sure? it's uh, it might be surprising for you all to hear, even though we bring up sports quite a while, that we do watch sports. Uh, I feel like we don't put that vibe out. I feel like we put out a much nerdier vibe. <laughs> We're with a all very the anime diverse group. and like video game and crypto chat. And then it's like, yeah, football. <laughs> this is or how hockey. I was able to. Charlie jump... and I will talk hockey. <laughs> yeah, this is how I was able to jump social circles in high school. I did all the nerd <laughs> shit, but also I played hockey. And knew about sports. <laughs> exactly. It's great. Ten out of ten. Um, David, what huh. what you been up to? Um work, sleep, work, that kind of thing. Um what did I do anything interesting? I cancelled my Spotify premium. Huh. So ah. I realized I didn't really need it. Um and I can just save the money. Um, as well as uh, Amazon Prime uh, has like a Prime Music thingy, which oh, yeah. isn't oh, as yeah. extensive as Spotify Premium is, but it's like enough because I only really used it while commuting to listen to music. And like mm. there's enough on there that that's enough for my hour commute. So, yep. yeah. So. Unfortunately, nice. like I did have to scrub it like there aren't any vtuber songs and there aren't like robert delong isn't included as well oh so david do you I'm... want do you want his album i can give you his album i mean i can get his album i just mean like it's not in uh prime music in their uh like because they have so they have um with prime you get access to like their prime listening library which is quite a bit of the artists and like albums but then they also mm. have an actual like further seven bucks a month something subscription you can get which is just everything they have on prime music so like spotify oh, um, okay yeah but so it's just not included in that prime listening one yeah that's a shame yeah yeah it's at it's least fine. i'm not paying any more extra money like it's, it's gonna save no. me like what 12 bucks a month so yeah. it, it turns into something yeah uh 
Oh, and I saw you were playing some Monster Hunter with uh, people in a different one of our Discord servers. Yes, um, I finally found people to play Monster Hunter with after nagging. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, they 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 need to go through a lot of the village tutorial stuff before we can party uh. together. <laughs> because um, if I just go in with my gear, I'm gonna like one shot whatever monster they're trying to hunt. Understandable. Because <laughs> I have end game gear. <laughs> Uh, and, and David, I was explaining to Charlie, but I'm pretty sure that we've found just, you know, the, just a different version of me in uh, Hippocat in that chat, in that uh, Discord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just, every time we join voice there, it's just getting my ears destroyed. <laughs> Gold hearing damage. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, TV Guide? Is that everyone? Yeah, TV TV Guide. Guide. So this episode of Fringe, as their battle with the observers rage on... Ah, Sorry, I I put too much energy (laughs) into that and then I couldn't speak it properly. Let me just just say what it is. Um, As their (laughs) battle with the observers rage on, uh, the Fringe team finds themselves in a forest populated by a group of people dedicated to recording the history of mankind. Um, um once again solid tv guide it explains everything that goes on this episode at least sort of it's because there's no b me. plot yeah. there's no b plots anymore yeah there aren't there are really no b plots oh thinking back. that's why that's why they've gotten better the tv guide <laughs> they don't have to this summarize makes so much sense two or three distinct storylines at the they same time they can watch the first 10 minutes and they figured out everything <laughs> Damn, they don't just like focus, like hone in on the B plot really hard and go, this is it. This is what we're doing. That's yeah, super okay. true. Um, that, that's, that's upsetting to now have a, a further view into <laughs> what makes TV guides good or bad. Yeah. All right. So we start the episode with um, Walter and Astrid having recovered another like uh, tape from the Ambered Lab. And uh, this is the tapes that are supposed to be uh, Walter's plan to defeat the observers that they figured out 30 years ago um, and then got ambered. And now it's been like, sorry, not 30 years. How, how much time has it been since it's been ambered? Like 20 years or something? 20, 30 years. I think 30 was right. Was it? Cause, I think uh, it might have been 30. Edit doesn't look like 40 years old, though. <laughs> Because she was like seven or eight or nine when they like the invasion started, right? Maybe it's fifteen or twenty years. I'm not sure. Some amount that makes sense for Edda's age. (laughs) That they doesn't Walter say they've been in Amber for twelve years? That makes more sense than (laughs) thirty. Who knows? Yeah, but they are. I think uh, it's twenty thirty five is what it is. So, but basically, like the tape has deteriorated in the Amber or something. I don't fucking know. Um, if it was fully like encased in amber, how did it deteriorate? But you, whatever. <laughs> like, it got uh, amber. Amber got on the tape parts of it. Got all sticky. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're playing it, and a lot of it's garbled. Um, and they start the video, and it's just Walter taking a huge bong hit. And <laughs> <laughs> it's medicinal. Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> like I had a prescription. Um. And then Walter begins explaining that this is tape three of his master plan, to which Olivia is instantly, oh no, what happened to tape one and two? And Peter's like, you idiot, you hid them in the wrong order. <laughs> Probably because you were stoned. 
I like uh, Walter's look on his face when Peter says that as well, because he's like, oh, fuck, I did do this wrong. <laughs> I do also like while they're trying to like listen to the tape and figure it out because it's a Betamax tape, so it's all garbled to hell. Um, Walter like looks back under a dish and is like, oh, shit, there's my bong. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, this still weed's still good. <laughs> is it? Is it still good? <laughs> I think I think it would decay and like the THC would get so concentrated it would really fuck you up. So like the average Tuesday for Walter. Yeah, I've heard posts where people are like, "Hey, I found like my old stash from ten years ago. Is this still safe to smoke?" Someone's like, "Yeah, but be careful. I did that once and slept for eighteen hours." Jeez, that sounds nice. like a good time. I was gonna say, <laughs> I would love to sleep for eighteen hours. So are you telling me that we should be starting a business in aged weed, just like how you can find like fine wines and like fine like alcohol and things do like aged does, weed? Does that's that gotta, exist? That's, that's got to be a thing, right? Does... I'm pretty sure we've just created a business. No, I'm, I'm looking it up and it says after a year, THC, like it loses THC. We can figure out a way. You just got to seal it in an oak cask. Exactly. <laughs> All right, now now I'm finding a long article about how to cure weed. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be able to. <laughs> oh, I I think we just I think we just found a premium brand. Hey Charlie, do you want to take out a huge loan on your house against your house? <laughs> no, you don't even have that house yet. <laughs> I don't know. This start, seems like the start smartest a, to start plan. an aged weed business. <laughs> I mean, it's... you could probably make that work even just off placebo effects. <laughs> like, you just sell Dude. it as aged 20 years or some shit. All, all you'd need is one, like, really kind of, like, big person to be in with it and to, like, discuss that they were in with it. You'd be good. Uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, there we Actually, go. Actually, Snoop Dogg. I feel like you could get Snoop in on it. 100%. <laughs> David, cut this. If, cut this. This is the business pitch. Get, I don't know if we could get Snoop Dogg, but someone could. Uh. Well, no, what you do is you start a whole, like, you start an actual legal corporation. You get a whole bunch of, like, seed funding from investors <laughs> to seed buy funding. a bunch of, like, this weed, and you start aging it. And then you just hype up an IPO <laughs> to put it on the stock Ooh. market. And with that, you also be like, all right, on the and on top of that, we're going to release our own coin associated with our weed that's going to be backed by grams of aged weed. We could buy this coin, NFT actually... and redeem this NFT at our store for a gram of weed. Exactly. <laughs> this non-fungible token is now very fungible. It's incredibly <laughs> fungible. And that's how we make millions of dollars buying oh my ten dollar gram weed. And it's, and it's Yo, a David. And it's a token. <laughs> oh my god! It's a token. So you need to cut this. <laughs> or token M's, token marijuana. Oh, but David, we just created um, F NFTs, fungible NFTs. <laughs> this is this is beautiful. I, I'm willing to do anything to try and get cryptocurrencies to be used as currencies, and that includes backing <laughs> them with grams of weed. 
<laughs> I guess we should continue on talking about this coin, episode of Fringe. Coin ticker what? toast. Uh, and and we're back. Sorry, we had a little <laughs> bit of a weird audio thing there, audience. Hey, did you guys hear how echoey I got there for the last like thirty minutes? Then you guys had to yell at me, and it's still this bad, but not quite oh as my bad, God. maybe. Sorry, I think Matthew Stafford is about to walk off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wait, what? No fucking way. He just threw two bombs. We are down to the 12-yard line. Oh, shit, it's over, Charlie. They just clocked it. Oh, does he make the kick? They make the kick. It's over. Oh, my God, Tampa Bay got knocked out of the playoffs. I'm so happy. (laughs) Tom Brady will not win a Super Bowl. Ball. Also, Charlie, that is the third last second field goal win. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, this season's fucking nonsense. <laughs> None of this season cursed. should count except for uh, the Vikings record. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rumors Anyways. are trading away cousins, and I'm like, why? Just. <laughs> <laughs> And we're not going to have to wait two, three years again before the team's anywhere near decent at this rate. <laughs> poor Thielen. Poor Justin Jefferson. All right. Where were we in the Fringe episode? There was weed. Walter was going to smoke yes. some weed. Um, oh, yeah. He, he like puts they, his face into had... the weed bag and he's like, I don't think I should travel. Because the tape's like, you need to go to Pennsylvania. These exact coordinates. And Ed is like, oh, rewind the tape. I didn't catch those six numbers because I'm not smart. And then yeah. Olivia's like, I am. So here are those six numbers. And she's like, are you sure exactly? And Peter's like, oh, she's sure. We're setting up her her keen memory skills for a later thing in the episode. Yeah, Don't this is your uh, reminder <laughs> that Olivia has an eidetic memory. <laughs> in case you forgot. Just in case. But they drive out, they got the van, um, they uh, do a road trip out to Pennsylvania. Walter's, you know, pissed about the whole thing because he can just smoke a bunch of weed. Um, Astrid gets to stay home and smoke a bunch of weed instead. Um, <laughs> I would love if this just cuts to Astrid, blazed out of her mind. <laughs> do you think Astrid ever, like, when everyone was out on a thing, she was like, I could have one of those LSD sugar cubes and no one would know. They're not gonna call me out on it, are they? <laughs> Listen, they've Walter didn't even me give me lab. credit. Walter didn't even give me credit for digging out this fucking Betamax tape. <laughs> oh, there is a sub thing uh, in this episode um, where Astrid is very testy of Walter. This entire episode, yeah. I feel like unexpectedly, like out of character, because she's usually well, very patient with him. I'm I'm imagining that it's because Walter's just kind of become a little bit more of an asshole, um, and is like really become a little bit more of an asshole towards like credit for things like you can you can tell that he's got that like you know uh prestigious science uh like scientist sort of thing going on um where everything is his if it's good yeah he's um, not and a... everything that's bad is not his <laughs> he's refusing to share uh co-credits exactly but anyways, they make their way out to the uh, to the forest. Um, they sort of see potentially some people poking their heads out from the trees. They're like, that's probably where we're supposed to go because we still don't know why we've come here. Just like, yep, we were told to come here. The rest of the tape's been like fucked. So we'll figure out the rest of it. Hopefully Astrid's got this and we got to get there. Um, they make their way into the forest a little bit and are uh, immediately held at gunpoint by a bunch of that have got some... Uh, 
some yeah, fungus we, will say grow some on hor- horrific like. disease yeah we mean forest people in that it looks like the forest is growing on their skin it looks like bark it, it really does it is well we later learn on it's literally just like calcified carbon and shit so yeah, yeah. bark <laughs> it's got it's got a little bit of bark like properties um but yeah it's it's a little bit messed up also, in our continuing trend of, hey, Charlie recognizes that Stargate character on Fringe, <laughs> um, the the main dude, um, Massey? Edwin? Edwin. The, Edwin's the yeah. main dude. Uh, he plays Dr. Carson Beckett on Stargate Atlantis with a very thick Scottish accent. Interesting. Which kind of bleeds through a little bit in some of his words here. Interesting. But yeah, I was like, I know you. Your friend played a homicidal priest in an <laughs> earlier season. Nice. I should watch Stargate at some point. It's a good show. Isn't that part, uh, isn't Stargate part of the Star Trifecta? Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate. Yes, they all cross over at some point. Yes, of course. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, they are like, oh, something. hey, you've already been exposed to what we've been exposed to. Yeah. Or well, they... they're, they're they're patting them down. And yeah, there's, you know, and it's the one guy, this... the one guy who's patting them down is doing it with like a sick energy for no good reason. He's like patting <laughs> them down, pulling the guns out, and then like Peter like flinches away from his terrific bark hand, and he just rubs <laughs> the bark hand on Peter's <laughs> face. <laughs> just like, oh, I don't like that. Well, it's almost it... like, hmm, I hope that's not contagious, and I hope it's not you know contact contagious yeah. sort of thing. Well, and then they get to Walter, and I forget if this is a bit they've done before, but he is very ticklish and starts, like, giggling when they do the pat-down. I like that. That was kind of cute. <laughs> it was. Um, fortunately, they're not too, uh, you know, scared of that because of this. At this point, uh, Edwin makes his way out and recognizes Walter and the rest of the team. Gasp. Uh, it's and a... we're all like... It's a fucking fringe groupie. Because again, they're super famous in this future. So they have groupies. They, they do. It, this guy doesn't in fact know what's, uh, what's going on or like why they're here. He, he certainly knows of them. And let's find out why. Um, and for that, we're going to go to the cube room. Uh, <laughs> Which is, I feel like, not properly explained. Like, and by, do, you mean, do you mean by properly explained, you mean not explained at all? Like I feel They just kinda go, Hey, we have cube room. These are holographic <laughs> data cubes. We record history here. Don't ask who built this, how they built it, or why they built it. <laughs> we just did. And now we get to cause surely all of this was here before the observers came through. But they're like, Oh, our purpose is to record history since the invasion so that it can't be rewritten by the oppressors. And I was like, you know so they're was... planning on exterminating you, right? So I was I was doing a think about how this might have come through, and I'm of the opinion that they probably didn't start out with fancy holograph like hologram uh, cubes, but they stole some observer tech, and that's how they got the fancy hologram cubes. But how do they know how to use it? Like this is not doesn't seem intuitive. I assume that they just they they they, they went and got some shit pretty early on from the observers, and were like, cool, got it. Because people know how to use, like, the holograms that they see. Like, Astrid figured out how to use the hologram that they had in that uh, um, apartment for, you know, pretty fast. Uh, not, uh, yeah, but just because they did it poorly previously doesn't mean they can do it poorly again. 
<laughs> oh no, I understand. I was just trying to think about like how this actually went because I was like, I feel like this would start out with just them, you know, writing down a bunch of shit or like getting it on computers and it was just on hard drives. And then they got these like sweet cubes and they're like, God yeah, damn, this but is then way how did they, than a hard how drive. How did they build the room? <laughs> Because it's like ah, such a fancy like science room as well. Sterile white room. <laughs> oh yeah, no. That that part's that part's interesting. And um, how is the room kept sterile when they keep just trudging dirt and gunk in? Like They got a really good uh they have a really good cleaning. Uh, <laughs> what they don't show is the twelve Roombas that come out at night. <laughs> Spider Roombas. They're like, well, we were pretty sure that these were what was going to take over, but as it turns out, they're just our friends. <laughs> I don't, David, I don't like the idea of spider Roomba. Really? Like, it's a Roomba, but it has like eight legs on top of it. So instead of wheels, it just walks around and it lowers itself to vacuum. So, so it teabags your floor, walls, and ceiling to clean. <laughs> well, it wouldn't, it would keep itself lowered as it walks, right? So I it just... drags its ass along the ground as it walks. What do you think clean. a regular Roomba does? <laughs> it I just don't like its the ass idea. Across. I just don't like the idea of like sitting on my couch watching TV <laughs> and hearing like click 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 <laughs> as it gets a cobweb in the corner of the room. I think it'd be awesome. That would terrify me. Like coming down in the middle of the night for like a, something out of the fridge and just click 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 like oh. <laughs> I already can't deal with regular spiders. <laughs> yeah, but it's your robot friend. No, it's not. It's going to kill me. <laughs> it's your robot friend. Well, we don't have to sharpen its legs. They can be soft and blunted. Nah, you, you want to make it so that it can climb the walls, David. Yeah, ideally. <laughs> My room was vacuuming the ceiling. <laughs> and it's a nightmare. <laughs> Sounds, sounds so good. Anyways, um, yeah, we learned about the Fringe team. Uh, they got a whole cube on the Fringe. Because, um, yeah, because yeah, pretty famous. Dude's, yeah. dude's kid is the, the number one Fringe fan. So oh, much yeah. so um, that he wrote comics of them. Yep, and yeah. as Peter says, they're really good because they're printed. Like, they didn't even try to make them look hand-drawn. <laughs> I honestly, I thought he was going to hand out the actual Fringe comics that Joshua Jackson <laughs> wrote, and this is going to be a huge meta joke where Joshua, where Peter goes, "Wow, these are really well written." Man, these uh, comics are so good. I would pay up to twelve ninety nine for a trade version of the three volumes. As he looks dead into the camera, <laughs> me, Joshua Jackson. <laughs> This is Joshua Jackson approved. I mean, ship approved. <laughs> oh. oh, that would have been really good. I there's definitely some amount of meta joke with you know being jo like with it being Peter. That's the one who's mostly commenting on how good the uh, the comics are here. Right, but well, how many how many of the regular audience do you think even knows that Joshua Jackson wrote some fringe comics? <laughs> oh, none of them. <laughs> Like, it's a meta joke because we know, but otherwise, yes. it just seems like a weird line. Well, yeah, it's also it like Olivia's a little bit perturbed at the fact that he has some hero worship on for them. And like, he's like, oh, you fought against the observers when they first came. You didn't hide like the rest of us. And she's kind of like, no, no, like, we didn't fight them immediately. <laughs> we hid for a bit and then we yeah. fought them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then. Like, there's photos of Walter with, like, weird mad scientist gloves on, and 
I think she's kind of disturbed by the fact that this kid has completely warped what they did into like, oh, you were heroes fighting for justice. She's like, I just kind of wanted to figure out what happened to my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> and then shit just kind of went from there. Um, but yeah, we get uh, we get a little bit more uh, of like discussion across that before they are interrupted uh, by Astrid because she's gotten, she's been, you know, uh, basically taking the like, the N64 to just blow on the cartridge, essentially. <laughs> uh, well, is it just like, is it some sort of laser device or is it just like a hair dryer? Because it does just David, look like a is, hair blower. David, it is canned air. It is yeah. literally oh, canned air. That is compressed <laughs> air. I mean, it eventually works because they, they're able to get more out of uh, Walter's thing. Um, Walter saying, like, I need you to find the gets translated to i need you to get, get find the mind when you get there and so, <laughs> so i made a mime joke five <laughs> seconds before walter did <laughs> and i'm very happy with this i was like are, are you, you happy or sad about this are you happy that your jokes are the same caliber as the writers of season five of fringe david i'm just as funny as very successful tv people Mm-hmm. What else have these people done since Fringe? What, the writers? Yeah. Graham Rowland. The writer of this episode with? specifically. I can't wait for him to have written something you absolutely love. <laughs> um, but we will get, I guess, our B-plot of the episode, which is the observers are coming for them. They That's know. not even the B-plot. That's also A-plot. It, it is still A-plot, David, <laughs> but it's the closest I can get because it's not revolving. It doesn't at least show our characters. At least it's you, got, you know. You say this, but literally a dude walks in <sighs> and is like, hey, I have news for you. And then they cut to a holographic image of our characters and their van fixing ah, a tire. David, those, are, those are some <laughs> weird LiDAR versions images of them uh he was he was the writer for all of the jack ryan amazon prime series which did relatively well also makes sense he's not a comedy writer (laughs) he was also a co-producer and supervising producer for 22 episodes of fringe from 2011 to 2012 and 13 of them for 2012 to 2013 oh fancy i thought the uh second season of jack ryan wasn't as good as the first one just because yeah. the second one had a much weaker sort of ending to it, it felt. He like... also wrote two episodes of Prison Break and three episodes of Lost. Oh. I feel like JJ just took everyone from Lost and just them all over. Well, if you're if you know people are good writers, right? You might yeah. as well yeah. use them for your other works. Um. um anyways, let's go into the mind mine that yes. is. Um, well, very you, we did. Charlie brought it up, but yes, there is a hilarious mime joke. Where <laughs> the only Astr- mime I know is Marcel Marceau. <laughs> and then Astrid's like, I meant mine, you fucking dumbass. M-I-N-E. I'll kill you. <laughs> and Walter's like, do you guys have a mine on the thing nearby? M-I-N-E. And the dude's like, well, yeah, of course. It's an old abandoned gold mine. Um, so, uh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like uh, David, the, you, you, took, you would take the Astrid approach in general. Anyone tries to make a, a bad joke off of anything that you've said, it's just like, I'll, I'll fucking kill you. Get out of here. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then, yes, they go into the mines and they're like, oh, we're going to wander around and see what happened here, right? 
because uh, they're... well they're gonna try and find whatever the thing is because they don't know what the thing is right so yes, they know um, they, they need know to find people have been something going, and they know that there's been people in there so obviously you know it's not gonna be super but they do decide to just look down like a random like mine shaft that they had there it's just there and they're like cool let's just pull up and see what's at the bottom of this and it's a person sort of it's um, like a tree person like a person who's fully gone um, the way of their disease or whatever. Yeah, it's not good. And yeah, they decide to bring that out because uh, I guess that the disease is probably worse in the mines considering what this person's had going for. Uh, so yep. let's get out of here for right now and let's do some uh, figuring out about what caused all of this. Yep, they come to the conclusion that whatever is causing this is coming from the mine and if you get closer to the core of the mine or something, like it gets worse, which yep, is and very horrific. It- uh, and it's also related to the observers thing, because, like, look, there's all the, like, weird CO2 factories, all the people out here, the weird stuff that's going on, interactions. Yeah. Um, Gas is abrasive, and your body is does an over-response, uh, overactive immune response, causing the, the like psoriasis, I think they but... said. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like a very severe form of psoriasis, is what they... Walter's basically like, what if we had super psoriasis? <laughs> No, not super penicillin again. <laughs> Listen, normal penicillin isn't working. We must make super penicillin. Please, no, not again. <laughs> to combat this giant cold virus. Um, while they're doing that sort of looking around as well, uh, we do get um, a family moment of Olivia, Peter, and looking through the mine and kind of just being around. Um, to like figure out anything else uh which is when we get this um that this weirdness of olivia pretending that she doesn't remember something uh mainly it's kind of feel like it's pretty obvious at the time that it's probably because it's a, a harmful thing because peter's like yeah it was that time when we were gonna go and check out the you know potential spot where they they you know they had a bunch of like lost kids from the start of the invasion and we were gonna go see if we could find edda there but we stopped in at this place first and it's like this feels like maybe not the thing to talk about. This is, it seemed like it was a really hard time for both of you. Maybe not the things. Yeah, uh, Peter doesn't really take a hint with it. Nope. And it's it's not good. To be fair, Olivia also doesn't handle it very... Like, there are smoother ways no. to do it, right? No, there really are. Uh, this is a whole... The, the entire situation is very awkward on both ends. Yes. And at least Edda gets um, to experience what it's like having parents. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Having parents that have any amount of history. Yep. Um, but yeah, we figure out um, dead man, bad psoriasis. Uh, it's happening to them because it's like you know it's gonna start happening to them. It's very fucked. Just don't don't go and certainly don't go down that mine shaft. It will kill you. <laughs> but it's hey, not a was, good situation. There was one dude who went down the mines, right? And was completely fine, as we learn. Yeah. Massey, well, completely fine, and that he came out just fine. Uh, he yes. went to go so, get rocks, and Walter's like, this was September, and they're like, his name was Donald. <laughs> he was not an observer. We know He's what they look ob- like. <laughs> Unless... Very specifically, they say he has dark hair. <laughs> Unless yes. September grew hair somehow as a disguise, which would be shocking. <laughs> Got a toupee. Um, I guess also the reason why this guy was completely able to do this was probably because the observers didn't have all this. Oh, uh, yeah, Probably. 
that's that's probably the reason why this guy was completely fine but he went down he got a bunch of like red rocks um and just you know uh was just chilling with them uh, all the way up until some observers kind of came and grabbed him and took him away we don't really know much else about that just yeah because walter's like why are these damn rocks so important why would i need rocks and they notice hey they're starting to be affected they're starting to show the gross skin condition yep uh fortunately it's still removable um and i'm not gonna lie david this the entire this thing is currently removable and then the immediate next scene of how much longer is it removable this very much felt like anything from indie like <laughs> sessions how long <laughs> until this isn't <laughs> removable until it isn't <laughs> listen sometimes listen, sometimes you're not allowed to know things <laughs> Sometimes you ask questions, and I'm like, I can't tell you this. If I told you this, it would ruin the entire experience, so you don't get to know this. Um, because, you know, there's the... I, God, I'm... David, I'm just imagining if, if if you threw our party into this exact situation, and how, like, we would spend probably an hour to two hours discussing whether here or not. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> And then I would be like, all right, you all start growing bark because of your discussion, and the party would riot. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Anyways, that's its own thing. (laughs) Yeah, Walter's like, oh, we got to get down into that cave then. Uh, So I'll build a protective suit. Even though uh, the current estimates are we need one 700 times thicker than rhino skin if it was made out of human skin to get down there. Unfortunately, we don't have 700 people at this camp. Let me build one out of metal. 700 people with rhino-thick skin as well. Probably like, like, you know. 2,100 people then? At least. (laughs) Um, That's quite the Buffalo Bill suit. (laughs) That would be be a cursed ball of human flesh, because that that would not stay in human shape. (laughs) Oh, Oh, let's stop talking about it. Oh, I don't like it. But yeah, he <laughs> sends uh, uh, Olivia, Peter, and Etta to go to the van to get the weather stripping off of it. And Peter really can't fucking read the room at any point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where he's like, oh man, do you remember when we were looking for our lost child like on the worst day of our lives and we had that really fucking good... Apple like, pie? <laughs> apple pie at this like hole-in-the-wall diner. Do you remember what that place was called, Olivia? The worst day of one of the worst days of our lives. Do you remember it? And she's like, no. And he's like, really? You don't? Surely you must. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And hooray. Who would have guessed it? She does know. And in fact, she doesn't want to think about that anymore because, you know, she can think about that and feel it all as if it were yesterday. Uh,. Which seems oh. to be an evolution of her memory thing, because before it was just, yeah, I never forget numbers. And now it's yeah. like, I can relive every moment of my life exactly. It, it's a little <laughs> bit different, um, but it's it's not good. So let's stop talking about it, Peter, please. Yep. <laughs> Take a fucking hint. Uh, on... We get back. Uh, this is the, the suit that they're building is certainly not going to be enough as is. They're going to need some metal for it. Fortunately, the the guy um, Edwin here knows some metal uh, in a different camp, but also they're like probably gonna kill. Uh, be careful about that. 
uh, as well. At the same time, Etta learns that um, the observers are coming for them. Uh, fortunately, it appears that they do still. The resistance does still have some people work, you know, within. Maybe that old dude is back there and help. Well, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll see if he ever comes up again from last episode. And uh, they, the observers have a previous location. Of, uh, from that location, there's not very many. Uh, so they've got maybe uh, get what they need and get out. Or the, that we have a ticking clock. Going back to the D&D reference, David has found a way to try and speed us up from discussion. <laughs> <laughs> tick tock, tick tock. The observers are coming to get clean your clock? <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> Give you the clock? And, and turn your okay, December yep. into June? <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Vanessa Bloom or something? Emily Bloom? <laughs> Um, Melody, Emily, one of them. God, it's been, it's been too long. <laughs> it doesn't turn... fucking matter. <laughs> Valerie, spinal, Valerie, spine Valerie, vampires. Valerie Boone, you turned. What is it? May gloom into July and something. It's into June. Stupid. It's it's a it's yeah. a month into June. <laughs> it's very dumb, is what it is. Just just remember, David. It's his last name. She took his last name. I I know, which makes it even worse. <laughs> It means that probably it was the it was the line that his dad used with his mom, and he was like, "Damn, I got this." That would hey, that's at least nicer and sweeter than what I thought it was. It was that he just thought of this line one day, like in middle school, and was like, "I'm gonna use that in the future. <laughs> it's gonna be great." Anyways, Anyways, where are we in this episode? Uh, observers uh, are coming. Um, there's there are a couple different things that all, that all kind of like come together converge. right now. Um, but yeah, they, they know that the observers are coming. Um, they need metal. They know that they can get it from... Uh, Edwin does not want them going to the camp. He does not like dealing... And just kind of wants them all to go away because, you know, they, they're, they're kind of keeping a record of human history here. And it'd be real unfortunate if the observers came and went lol and just smashed all their cubes. <laughs> um, you think that's what they'd do? You think the observers just to, like, you know, snuff Would out all hope say the word him lol watch? and then smash the cubes? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Be great. I, I could I could see that. Be great. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we learn um, that we we sort of get the the struggle that Edwin has here of being like I you know, but, but, you know my son's already lost his mother. I really don't want him to also lose. Um, <laughs> I'm having here's a whole thing about bravery and confidence that you've heard from every fantasy thing ever. Anyways. Let's rally Maybe. together and defeat these observers, I guess. Yeah, basically that. Um, you, you know, you can, I, honestly, I was kind of hoping that this guy was going to, like, not sacrifice himself. Because um, it would have been kind of nice to see him stick to his values of, like, no, you know, I kind of don't want my son to be alone in this world. Um, <laughs> it, it would kind of add some nice drama where they're like, we're on this holy quest to just the observers have total faith in us and other people are like no we're gonna cling to what little we have uh bye yeah you don't understand this is fringe team guys they're such a big deal isn't it fantastic At even the though they were a totally secret does. organization up until the invasion <laughs> yeah they're gonna save the world like for real <laughs> totes on, for real totes on the dog. bright side at least this guy puts up a fight for a little bit. Uh, 
Um, unfortunately, it does mean that his son calls him a coward. Um, <laughs> Which is so funny. Because <laughs> uh, he takes it so personally. He's like so he insulted. He really does. He's like, how fucking dare you? Um, but he then goes and talks to... Uh, he then, um, after being called a coward by his son, goes and talks to... Uh, uh, the metal camp uh, encampment that's nearby uh, and asks if they have any copper uh, at which point he hears they got no copper and he's like let me speak to Ivan because uh, so, you know obviously Ivan's got all the copper um, <laughs> yeah. and we cut away crazy Ivan crazy Ivan with all his um, copper <laughs> let's see he's got, a, he's got a connection with Fat Eddie <laughs> yes that's where he's going to get all his Big copper excuse, Big Eddie. excuse you David that's Big Eddie uh, meanwhile, the observers are coming. Um, we did it. The observers, they are coming. Uh, <laughs> let's cut back to uh, the sun here, River, um, having a discussion with his dad and his dad being able to be like, listen, I know you called me a coward earlier, but I ain't no bitch. This is why I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, Don't call me a like, coward okay, without dad. knowing what a fucking coward is, boy. <laughs> At which point, it's it's it really comes across as, and I'm pretty. This is exactly what they meant it to come across as: is River just like River just looking up at his dad, and being like, "It's okay, Dad. I know. I understand." And basically, is trying to go with like, "I understand you're a coward. It's fine." Uh, <laughs> like, was it only me that that was what I got out of this? Was the kid just like nodding and going, "Yeah, no, I understand. You're coming up with excuses." Uh, <laughs> Because you're a fucking coward. <laughs> Would be such a turn if that's what it was. <laughs> it, it really felt like that to me. Maybe it's not that, but God, it felt like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he then is like, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to, you know, I, I got the metal. Like I got the like copper thing. I'm going to go and we're going to like be able to talk with uh, them. And we're going to be able to make that suit for them. In the meantime, we now, Astrid has been hard at work toking up and also, you know, fixing up the, uh, uh, fixing up the tape. Um, she's gotten more of the tape available for them. Uh, they need about 40 pounds of these crystals. They'll be good to go. Uh, or 18 cents. <laughs> Just in case you needed it in metric. Just in case, you know, for some reason, the observers have implemented the metric system everywhere. 18 kilos. They really should have. If if they're beings of, they have... like, unless they have their own better system of measurement, which I find hard to believe, metric is perfect. D d no, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not fight about that today, guys. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll stick away from uh, fighting about measurement systems. That feels like a good time for another episode when I can be less echoey, sutter about it. <laughs> um. We cut back, so after um, hearing about that and hearing about how much they need, um, they are able to get from Edwin the technology that they have. Uh, Ivan should be willing to kilos, is, the, is what they say. They, we are using the metric system here, which is crazy. Um, two kilos of copper uh, for those plans. And Walter's like, that's so much copper. We, we'll have an abundance. We can build, like, two of these suits. Uh <laughs> And Edwin's like, all right, here you go. Good luck. Uh, I'm not coming with you. I don't want my son to die. Or I don't want me to die and my son to be left alone in this camp with all these strange human beings. I know he's also a monster, a jerk, but I don't want him to be alone in the world. Uh, 
So he stays behind. Uh, Peter, Olivia. Is it just Peter and Olivia, or is it Peter, Olivia, and Edda? Uh, yeah, well, don't Edda they have their stays. conversation here about the whole, or did we already do that? What conversation? Um, where they talk about uh, Olivia not wanting to be hero-worshipped, or did we cover that already? I forget. Uh, I believe that came up. That was when his son called him a coward. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That was a while ago, but yes, that does happen. Um, <laughs> definitely an important thing. I just kind of forgot about it. <laughs> Mainly because the, the whole, that, that kind of got underscored to me by, you know, the, the whole being coward. calling coward. his dad a coward. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we should talk about that as well, because I think that's important character building, because it is like Olivia and Peter have a sit-down conversation where Olivia's like, yeah, uh, you people act like I decided to fight the observers because like I was brave or I wanted to fight back, but it's really just like I had given up on finding Etta alive and needed something to take my mind off of that, yeah. is what it boils down to. It is good to get, get some more... Yep, just the characters not being perfect. Always nice. Um, look, look at them not making the worst season five, potentially. Uh, <laughs> Every episode, I realize, man, this could have been worse. <laughs> but it also could have been so, so much better. Yes. Uh, they yep. don't get the well, medal for not making a terrible show. <laughs> I, um, I, let's, I do really think it would have been better. I, well, no, this is going to be covered in the recap. Yeah, we'll we'll cover we'll cover this towards the yeah. towards the end here. Um, but uh, we have yeah, Peter and Olivia drive over or drive out to where the metal encampment is. They've been given by Edwin directions to it. Uh, they follow it and they come just to like an empty place. There's no one here. Um, and Peter's like, "The fuck! I, this is exactly where we're supposed to go. Why wouldn't he send us to this spot if he was so afraid?" And he's like, "Maybe because he didn't want us to. I wonder why that is." All right, let's drive back and see what's happening over there. Um, I wonder what's happening in the meantime. Oh, look, Edwin, he's going into the mine. He ain't no bitch. Uh, <laughs> and it's like how there's an old man, like, outside of the mine whittling on something. He's like, they never had no copper. He knew they never had no copper. Now he's in the mine. <laughs> well, and it was like, thanks well, for that exposition, old man. Well, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that the guy goes, Edwin, what are you doing over there? And Edwin's like, listen, someone's got to be able to tell everyone that I ain't no bitch. Uh, this old my, man will do just fine. My son needs to see how fine the line between coward and hero really is. Call me a fucking coward, do you, child? Well, I'll kill myself. Have fun growing up as an orphan. <laughs> This is this really feels like him just teaching his son the lesson of would you rather have heroic parents or alive ones? <laughs> you like Batman so much, you nerd. Oh no. Um Yeah, uh Edwin goes in, he gets the red stones. Um I guess he brought a scale down with him. I, I which let's hope he got enough. Uh, <laughs> Imagine that they were like five stones short. It's like, hey, River, hey, River, you know how you were calling your dad a coward? We know well, one way. Hey, you're a coward? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, man, that happened quick to that dude. Like, Oh, yeah. He is fully a tree. It's, it's, it's almost like they, he'd already been living with this for a while, and all it took was some bad stuff to happen, and it happened real fast. <laughs> I guess. It just seems so permanent. <laughs> so I feel like what they're going with here, you, you guys know um, that like in, at, like at Chernobyl, like Elephant's Foot, uh, 
that horrifying thing. Oh, yes. I'm assuming that that's what they're trying to pull with this um, in how bad it is right down there. Because that, that's sort of the feeling that I got from this. Obviously very different stuff, but it kind of feels like it's like, oh yeah, this thing's real bad if you're right up there with it. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting some elephant's foot vibes from this. But yeah, that, that guy is dead. Um, his son's like, well, I guess I'll go make a new entry for my new hero, my dad. It's very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and also um, kind of... Uh fucking cliche where he's like oh the writer of history made history <laughs> and it's like no he was a coward you should write that down imagine if he wrote it just like as an angry kid who just lost their parent would have and he's like he was stupid and an idiot and he died <laughs> and then never went went back to edit it so like future generations down the line just look and they're like ah yes edwin massey stupid and a coward <laughs> and an idiot <laughs> What's this in the footnotes? It says totally wasn't a hero. <laughs> well, they decided to make note of it, so we should remember that he totally wasn't well, a hero. We'll let's, build. Let's get this back in the history books. We gotta ask. We gotta ask our tenth graders these sort of questions. <laughs> Who was Edwin Massey? <laughs> but yeah, the, I thought the ending of this episode was fucking weird with the child narrating over, like as Fringe Team gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> fringe team fringe teams leaves after creating an orphan um the observers <laughs> again for not the first time for not even like the fifth time how many like how many orphans has fringe created an upsetting number <laughs> this one this one kind of feels even worse though uh this one sounds this like they gaslit him into, into doing it himself. Like <laughs> they convinced to him fair, to do it. Kind of did. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the observers catching up with the truck. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for the uh, the loyalists, um, it's just some random dude in the truck because fringe team just left keys in the ignition. We're like, well, let's hope someone finds this, uh, and someone did. Uh, nothing in the truck. They have hotwired and found an even cooler car, and by that I mean a very, very fucked up car. A Vista uh, Cruiser. They get the station is, uh, wagon back, and Walter's got, like, fucking weird sunglasses. Oh, and he's yeah. like, ah, oh, this is a ride. <laughs> and everyone's um, and happy, yeah. and you kind of forget, wait, Astrid's just back at the lab. Astrid's back at the lab. They left an orphan behind, and uh, I guess those historians are still fine. They didn't get found out. That's good, at least. Yeah, um, yeah you know, there's, there's a couple kind of cursed things that happen this episode. <laughs> also, I want to ask at this point, because it seems like they've made the lab their base of operations. How many more episodes before the lab gets raided? Because we know that's coming, right? Uh, two. Two or three. Um... Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> As a whole, are we rating it season five wise? Uh, yeah, we're doing both of those. Um, because there, are, well, no, Charlie, what's the glyph? What's the glyph? We gotta. Oh, uh, the glyph spells out anger, like the anger you feel when someone calls you a coward. <laughs> <laughs> this poor dude. Poor gaslit man. <laughs> 
um right. observers they're in the fucking episode man they really gave like oh it's really upsetting. they just gave up because <laughs> it's like they don't do the next episode clues like the glyphs are boring and like they don't even hide the observer in anymore like because they just made them plot points it, it's very upsetting all, all those cool points are kind of gone uh, all right are we just yeah that was the episode i guess also um yeah that's the episode. Um, I expect that the lab's going to get raided in like four, three or four. It feels about right. Yeah. <laughs> it feels weird that they could just chill out there and Astrid fucking calls them on a cell phone. Yep. Which and is also like, like, shouldn't that be being tracked by yeah, the fucking observers? And they're like, hey, there's a call coming from inside the house to rural Pennsylvania where we're looking for them. Because they got mm-hmm. caught on a hologram security camera and Winmark knows where they are in rural Pennsylvania. We do not think they would be like, hey, hear me out. Maybe we should tap into this cell phone call because we should totally have the technology to do that. You don't think they would just have voice recognition on all cell phone calls to like recognize one of the fringe team members? Yeah. Like, like hey, we got a 99% now. match on a voice call for Astrid Farnsworth. <laughs> like, hey, this person on a phone call mentioned uh, the name Olivia and Walter, and that's two red flags in our system. Do you want to like listen in on this? <laughs> but no, because nah, apparently fine. the f- observers are also an incompetent fascist group. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know Beautiful. every fascist group in TV is incompetent? Yep. That's how we know that it'll never happen to us. It's never worked. It's like communism. Exactly. Anyways. Um, anyways, uh, episode, episode ratings. ratings. Yes. Ratings. Solid as season, as fringe as a whole, solid two for me. Um, wow. It, 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 it's, it's just dumb. Like the hollow cubes need to be explained. Like that fucking made me so angry. And the fact that it's just like, yeah, they're turning into barks, I guess because of the observer thing, whatever they're doing, but no one else is. And this is something we've never seen before. Sure. Whatever. Lazily explained. And then it's like, ugh. for a season five though. Yeah, sure. Like a three, three and a half, whatever. <laughs> I don't fucking Oh, care. as as a spin-off, you mean? Three and a yeah. half? As a spin-off. Yeah, as a spin-off, sure, whatever. Dude got called a coward. Good. <laughs> okay. 3.5, sure, whatever in parentheses. Fucking damn. David I'm is sure, uh, not laying back here. I'm sure we'll remember what that note means in fucking thirteen more episodes. Ten more episodes. Ten more episodes. Hey, we're making our way through. Uh I'm gonna I, I think that I'm just rating things higher than David this season um, <laughs> on like both fronts, just in general. Uh, I, I don't know. I, once again, I think that I'm coming in with uh, like just too much like worry about this season, and I'm like being like pleasantly surprised that it's not <laughs> as bad as I thought. So, because um, like in terms of an, of an episode of Fringe, um, hey, we got some we got some Fringe science. Okay. The 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 bark skin's at least like kind of cool for like a fringe element. The quartz is like a spooky thing and like a cool little like fringe element. Um, I'm afraid that this quartz is actually just going to be amphilocyte 2.0. Um, we'll see on those fronts though. Um, oh yeah, because the videotape like, talks about refining it into an incredible power source. I expect it's just going to straight up be amphilocyte. Um, <laughs> And I'm 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 excited for that. Oh my god, it's up. gonna be amphilocyte. Oh, 
<laughs> Don't worry about it, David. Uh, I'm fucking furious. <laughs> it's gonna be amphilocyte, and the cure is gonna be cortexafran, and it's gonna be like, oh, that's how we fight the observers. They're allergic to cortexafran. <laughs> it's something, poison. Something, 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 something. Well, you use the amphilocyte to build a worldwide distribution of cortexafran. Replace the atmosphere exactly. with cortexafran. Anyways, um, or that'll just everyone give everyone superpowers so they can fight back. Uh, um, but so, so in terms of rating of a fringe episode, I'm gonna give this one like it felt like a three. Like it was, it was completely fine. I've I've seen worse fringe in previous seasons than the fringe in this season. That's like this episode. Um, it was like fine on those fronts for a standalone. Um, I don't know. I thought we once again got decent character building from those sides of things. Um, the story and like going through the like historian side is like the like history of the loser sort of side is like it's at least a story that can be told. Um, it's not like a, it, it's not like the worst story. And I I don't know. I, I guess just like most of the like other TV shows that I've watched, it's not explored too in depth at least. So it felt at least okay on those fronts. So I'm gonna give this like. It's either a three and a half or a four on my front for that front for that side, um, for like its own spinoff. I'll give you a three and a half. That's the first okay. number I heard. Uh, this episode was weird. My girlfriend and I finished it, and we both went. It's not as bad as we expected. Yep. Because we are going into this season with tremendously low expectations. Yeah, Charlie. I and I feel are on like the same your two that. expectations are too low. Remember, Fringe yeah. was a very good show. Yeah, I, I like. It's, I'm expecting it to be good. Like I'm expecting it to be just as good as previous seasons of Fringe. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it did kind of feel like if you take the entire "We're looking for the Observer" plan out, this is an episode straight out of season three. They find people in the forest afflicted with some condition. And there's a MacGuffin to fix it. Maybe the rocks are radioactive and it's causing the condition and they can't get down there. Yeah. Like you you could rewrite this with minimal effort to make it a season three episode, and they did, and it's the elephant fa- uh face people episode. I'm just now realizing. Yep. Yeah. Um so it kind of feels recycled a bit in that. The cube thing really does need to be explained, even if it's just a, a throwaway, oh, we managed to like steal some observer tech and fix it up or even better just have it be a giant library like you can even make a statement there that like technology ruined the world and they're not going to rely on technology to record the world and just have it be this big beautiful library and people are pulping wood to make new books and have that be part of the setting i feel like that would be good but they just went no holograms yeah it felt dumb. <laughs> 2.5. And then, like, even as a, I don't know, like a three, I guess, for the, as a spinoff, I, I don't know. It just, it feels okay and bad at the same time is the only way I can describe it. Like, it's like, that was an episode of a TV show. Man, I wish they fixed a lot of things. But it was still digestible. Hooray. Fringe's new tagline, still digestible. I feel like you guys are expecting too little from Fringe. 100%. You should be expecting expecting way too little. You should be expecting more. You should be more angry like I am. (laughs) Understandable. 
All right. I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. Oh, God. It's yep. me, isn't it? David, Charlie, get out of here. And by okay. that, I mean get us out Bye. of here. <laughs> no, get, get out. <laughs> Leave the call. Get out. <laughs> Do you really want me to fuck with Discord that much? No, please don't. No. <laughs> it's already, uh, this audio is already cursed. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Four Seasons in a Funeral. If you want to listen to more or you want to recommend us to your friends or your family or your enemies or your loved ones, uh, we can be found on any podcasting service of your choice. We're on Amazon. We're on Spotify that David doesn't pay for anymore. We are on iTunes. Uh, we're at our home on Podbean. We're on iHeartRadio. Um, we're in your Ford Focus if you have sync technology. Uh, <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> um, if you want to tweet us ideas for more ad reads, and by more ad reads I mean, hey, sponsor this podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Forsap, or you can email us uh, totally overlong contracts in which I will sell you most parts of my life for money. Um, at Forsap at gmail dot com. I will tell you David's sin once I figure it out and his personal address. If you email us. Uh, that's everything. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license. 